0: Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. The stock market is extending its sixth weekly advance in two months pushing the S&P 500 toward a fresh record. The U.S. equities are seeing a resurgence in popularity among a few notable constituencies. Bank of America says asset managers are favoring stocks over U.S. treasuries, while active equity funds are the most bullish since 2008, and that marks a shift in tone from the start of the year. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average currently up 71 points, four-tenths of a percent, at 18,647. S&P 500 up seven points, a third of a percent, Trading at twenty one ninety one, the Nasdaq is up thirty one point six tenths of a percent at fifty two sixty three. West Texas Intermediate crude oil up a a barrel, three point one percent to forty five eighty eight. Spot gold up a dollar eighty, announced at thirteen forty five. Ten year Treasury down twelve thirty seconds with a yield of one point five five percent. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio.
2: A slow but steady rise in the major market indexes. And our next guest says that it could even continue. Earnings growth will improve even if it remains weak. We're going to see increases in multiples over the next uh, several years. He also sees some companies generating loads of cash and returning it to shareholders. And that is a plus in his mind. John Golub is back. Jonathan Golub is chief U.S. market strategist at RBC Capital Markets. So, Jonathan... uh Earlier today when we started the show, I said to our stock sitter, uh, Dave Wilson, the market's on fire. And I said, well, he said, not really. I mean, it's slowly moving up. Maybe it'll look like a slow burn. But it seems to me after some of the ups and downs this year, this is nice and hot
3: for investors. Yeah, I mean, what's what's really nice about this is that it's moving up in little bits and pieces rather than being super volatile. I mean, you have market volatility at, at extremely low levels, which is a much smoother ride for investors.
0: Jonathan, tell us about the idea of capital spending. I mean, it used to be that companies that did a lot of capital spending, they were the ones that you thought, yeah, they're going to do great stuff with that money. It's going to really end up returning to shareholders. You're saying that may not be the case these days.
3: No, and I think that. That this is ultimately the, the, the challenge that in, investors are, are facing, which is we don't have a robust economy, and, and so what businesses are doing in, in this environment is hoarding cash, not spending it on future growth, and they're taking that money and, and they're returning it to shareholders. But because we're in such a low interest rate environment, um, shareholders are viewing that as a very positive thing right now, and the total yield, if you add dividends and Buybacks together on stocks is, is uh, somewhere between four and a half and five percent, which is just wonderful compared to bonds as an alternative.
2: The the problem with this is, uh, Jonathan, uh, it's sort of like you know you're you're eating the seed instead of planting it. So even though this may be uh, good, if you you say buy the companies that are more services oriented. Uh, They can hire some more workers. They don't have to invest in new equipment to the same degree that uh, a manufacturer or construction company might have to do. How long can you remain like that and still have uh, a, a profitable business climate where companies are actually... You know, having setting the basis for longer term growth, or does that no longer matter? In this well world?
3: Well, first of all, it, it probably matters a little bit less if you're more of a service oriented, uh, uh, you know, economy. If you are, if you're running, you know, big industry, you need to constantly invest in your infrastructure or you die. If, if you're running a software company, you don't necessarily have the same need for capital. So, as the economy shifts over time, there, there is probably less of a need for capital. But you're 100% right. We have an underlying growth problem. And what businesses are doing is trying to adapt their business models as best they can for this environment. I'll I'll give you one good example: the semiconductor um, industry in the United States used to manufacture semiconductors here, and that was very capital-intensive, and it created huge swings in their profitability. Much of that manufacturing has been moved offshore by others, and therefore they're really more design and distribution and, and the like. And as a result. They've smoothed out their pattern of returns by changing their business model, you know, to benefit in a slower economic environment. But you're absolutely right. You know, there's a part of this which is not healthy, but businesses are doing a great job of adapting, and that's really the key story here.
0: Jonathan, the idea that people are hunting for yield, is it going to lead them to false messiahs?
3: Uh, you know, I you know, I don't think so, Pam. I and mean, we, were, we were just doing some analysis um, with some of my colleagues here at RBC on this. And what we found is that when you're in a, a very low-yield environment, let's say right now we're like a one-and-a-half yield on a 10-year uh, government bond, even if interest rates were to edge up towards, let's say, 2%, you're still likely to see um, those businesses with higher dividends and those that are returning lots of capital outperforming so, so so we probably have a ways to go, even if interest rates rise for uh, for this um, uh, you know th- you know sir- thirst for yield that we're currently experiencing in the marketplace.
2: So. Uh- you say the economy, as you're mentioning, uninspiring, but it's stable and non-recessionary. And so, uh, this favors growth over value, higher dividend paying stocks, lower vol companies, abundant in staples, healthcare, business services, and defense contractors. Give us a name or two that you like a lot.
3: You know I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not an individual stock picker, but if you look, for example, in business services, and I'll just use this perhaps as, as, as an example rather than a stock recommendation, but companies that would haul waste, you know, like a waste management or the or, or like, those are businesses that whether the economy is better or worse, they still have to show up every day and, and, and haul waste. Uh, you know, companies like Syntas, who makes, you know, uniform, you know, makes or, or cleans uniforms and things like that, those kind of businesses, Services, as opposed to, you know, industrial companies that are more manufacturing based, have a very different type of a, uh, or much less sensitivity to the economic whims, and they tend to hold up, um, you know, they they tend to hold up much, much uh, better in a a weaker environment. I I think the real, the question that we're going to start to debate more and more. As we look forward into 2017 and after the election, there's, there's a lot of discussion about government stimulus, fiscal stimulus on all kinds of projects. And if we see that type of activity, you could see this market leadership shift away from these more stable growers. Towards companies that are more economically sensitive, and I think that we're not there yet. But that's if, if you're for those that are looking for the next thing and what would change the market leadership, that's the thing that I'm really sensitive to as I look forward. Again, I think we're a little early on the trade, but there's more chatter in that direction.
0: What would get Jonathan Golub interested in buying commodity stocks or energy stocks?
3: If if I saw, and, and I'm not sure this is good or bad policy, but if I saw that that, um, that that we're looking at more fiscal stimulus after the election, government expenditure on you know roads and bridges and uh, you know things of that nature, you are going to see the commodity sensitive groups, infrastructure sensitive groups take off, and that very well could happen after the election. Uh,
2: something like. Uh Home builders. Uh, yes. Why are home builders up today? In a nutshell, and is this a, an area you'd be interested? In? You've got, uh, in fact, you've got Toll Brothers up more than three percent.
3: You, you know, I, I'm not sure that a, that you know, I. I'm not sure I have a good answer on on why a group like that moved today, Um, but we are seeing that the the consumer is much healthier than the press is making it out to be. We have a 4.9% unemployment rate. The cost of financing a home is at all-time or near all time lows we 're seeing wages incrementally ticking up, the work week is ticking up, so uh, it 's not surprising that, uh, that, that you have a, you know, a positive bid on the home builders but i 'll tell you, and in, in we put a note out on this uh, today, consumer discretionary broadly, the fundamentals look very attractive, and the consumer is probably healthier than, uh, than again than the press would make it out to be.
0: I guess i can 't get you interested in anything having to do with gold or gold miners
3: probably probably not but you know I I' in general I don't like investing in in gold as a commodity just because it doesn't earn you money it doesn't I uh, mean it's like a it checking account similar. basically yeah exactly and so so in, in order to like gold you have to you you're really making a bet that you're that central banks are going to be creating more inflation and if they do gold will go up but otherwise I, I think that there's always better things to invest in.
2: okay you think the Fed We'll move on rates, the key rate, probably in December. But you say, unlike the consensus, we think this will be positively received by the stock market. Why, John Golub?
3: Well, the... The big issue here is that if the Fed moves, it's because the marketplace is telling the Fed that we're ready for it. Um, The Fed is going to move because the economy is healthy enough to take it um, without there being a hiccup. So right now, as I mentioned before, we have unemployment under 5%. You know, that's very good. We have inflation, which is ticking, depending on whether, you know, how you measure it, towards 2%. That's right more or less at the Fed's um, long-term uh, view. Market volatility is relatively low, actually extremely low, and the global concerns right now are substantially lower than they've been, than you know, than where they've been over the last couple of years. So the Fed really needs to have a reason to not move um, because conditions really are feeling pretty good.
0: Thank you very much. Jonathan Golub, he is Chief U.S. Market Strategist for RBC Capital Markets. Giving us his view of what to do with your money. We're going to take you through to the close next on Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co host Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg.